Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you oh so much for this wonderful day and so many blessings you've already poured upon us. And now the blessed opportunity to get back into your word. Help us now as we do that to understand it, apply it in the right way, draw close to you through our studies. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word heaven, if you were, turn to First Chronicles chapter 16. And here we see a psalm of David recorded in which he acknowledges that the Lord made the heavens and that he also says, let the heavens be glad. In First Chronicles chapter 16, picking it up in verse 7. Then on that day, David delivered first his psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face continually. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Israel, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God, his judgments are in all the earth. Be ye mindful always of his covenant, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. even of the covenant which he made with Abraham, and of his oath unto Isaac, and hath confirmed the same to Jacob for a law, and to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying unto thee, Will I give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance? When ye were but a few, even a few, the strangers in it, and when they went from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another people. He suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day his salvation. Declare his glory among the heathen his marvelous works among all nations. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. The world also shall be stable that it be not moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let men say among the nations, The Lord reigneth. Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof. Let the fields rejoice in all that is therein. Then shall the trees of the wood sing out at the presence of the Lord, because he cometh to judge the earth. O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And say ye, save us, O God, of our salvation, and gather us together, and deliver us from the heathen, that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. 
Blessed be the Lord God of Israel forever and ever. And all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. The Lord made the heavens. He spoke everything into existence, including the heavens. All right, now if you will, turn on over to First Chronicles in chapter 29. We see here as he proclaims that the Lord owns the heavens because he created it after all. Everything in existence belongs to him. In First Chronicles chapter 29, picking it up in verse 10. Wherefore, David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. As he clearly puts there, for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Everything, including the heaven itself, belongs to the Lord. All right, now turn over to Second Chronicles and chapter 7. Here we see a reference to some prayers and hearing from heaven, meaning hearing from the Lord. And in Second Chronicles chapter 7, a couple of verses here, verse 12, reads, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land." These are some very important verses that this country, well, actually every country, really need to heed, really need to abide by. Let's look at them a little closer. Verse 12 again. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain... Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence among my people. No, these things are under the power and authority of God. Power and authority of Him to, as it says, shut up heaven. To cause it to not rain. Or to open the heavens and allow it to rain. The environment is under His power. The climate is under His power. So don't be mistaken by these climate change wackos out there that are trying to manipulate people into giving them a lot of money. The Lord is the one that's in control of the climate. Not the politicians, not the businessmen, not the people. Only the Lord. He has given us dominion over the planet. He has made us stewards of His planet. 
Therefore, we are responsible to take care of it, yes, but not to lift it up and worship it, not to think that we have power and authority over it or can control anything about it. It is all under his power, his authority. How much it rains, how much it doesn't rain, how hot it is, how cold it is, whether there's ice caps on the north and south poles or whether there is not, that is all under his power, his authority, his might. He will let it go the way he wants to let it go. He will only tolerate so much, and then he'll put a stop or he'll make a change. Simple as that. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. Pestilence. People like to blame the Chinese for the, the virus that come through, the COVID-19 virus as they title it, but it was considered a pestilence. The Lord allowed that to happen. You think, why would the Lord allow that to happen? It isn't because he wants it to happen. He allows bad things to happen because of what mankind does. It's not that it is his will, but he does permit it. And everything is under the power of the Lord. He can make things stop. He can make things start. He can allow things to occur. He allowed this pestilence, this virus, to sweep the world. Judgment coming upon the planet. The Lord has used evil people and evil actions all through history to achieve His ultimate goal in controlling the behavior of people throughout the world. That is why we fear the Lord. Fear of accountability to the Lord. The Lord can allow us to go into such misery and harm, allowing, not wanting us to, but allowing us to, because of our own disobedience, because of our own lack of faith and our own lack of trust in Him. But He clearly gives us the solution to all these problems that this entire world is facing in verse 14. If my people, my people, that's the Christians, that's the people that are of the Lord. That's the family of God. If my people, which are called by my name. If you call in yourself a Christian, are you truly a Christian? If you are, act like it. As he says, shall humble themselves, not be puffed up with pride and arrogance, and pray. Constant communication with the Lord. And seek my face. Do you seek the Lord or do you seek the government's help? Do you seek the doctor's help? Do you seek somebody else's help? Or do you seek the Lord when something comes upon you? And turn from their wicked ways. Their wicked ways. Specifically speaking of the wicked ways of the people of the Lord. Because that's who he's addressing to begin with. If my people. And then you see turn from their wicked ways. That's the ungodly behaviors of the so-called Christians around the world. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Heal their land. Rid the land of the problems of the so-called climate change. Rid the land of the problems of the pestilences, the diseases and the viruses and, and so forth. Read 14 again. It's so important to know and understand that the Lord in heaven, the one who controls everything, the one who spoke everything into existence, has power and authority to make changes that will benefit the entire planet if we do what we read here again in verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray 
and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Simple words, simple solution to all the problems that face the entire planet right there in one verse. All right, now if you will, turn over to Ezra in chapter 1. A little history here. Ezra and Nehemiah at one time were combined as one book. It was divided into two books, Ezra and Nehemiah, and they are actually the last of the books, chronologically speaking, of the Old Testament. Not the way it's arranged in the 1611 or the 1769 King James Version, but historically correct as far as the chronology, the datelines of the history, Ezra and Nehemiah are at the end. And this is after, or right at the end of the 70 years of the children of Israel being held in Babylon. When they were taken captive and taken to Babylon. Now at the end of that 70 years, we see this unfolding, that King Cyrus allows them to go back to Jerusalem and to reestablish Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple and to continue to serve the Lord there. As we see here in Ezra chapter 1, verse 1. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him an house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of, of all his people? His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts beside the free will offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. It's interesting here that we see a Gentile, what would be considered a stranger, a person that is not of the bloodline of Abraham, that believes and trusts in the Lord and that the Lord was communicating with. Because he says right here in verse 1, The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth. Clearly, a relationship with the Lord, clearly understanding the will of the Lord and listening to the will of the Lord. A What you would have considered previously a pagan, a Gentile, a stranger who become a believer and follower in the Lord and acknowledging that the Lord God of heaven 
acknowledging the true and living God of heaven. All right, now turn to Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter 1, let's pick it up in verse 1. Here we see a emphasis also once again of the God in heaven. In Nehemiah chapter 1, in verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month Chrislu in the twentieth year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. So they've gone, like King Cyrus had allowed them to do, gone to check things out so that it could get started on reestablishing the worship in Jerusalem, reestablishing the community there, and rebuilding the temple. As it continues, And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. The God of heaven. Emphasizing who he is praying to. Because there's been so much influence of the pagan gods on the children of Israel while they've been in the captivity of Babylon. Here he's pointing out specifically who he's praying to. And said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house has sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye turn unto me, and keep my commandments, and do them, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence, and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people, whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant, this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Praying to the Lord, to the Lord of heaven, to the God of heaven, as he says here. As they say this prayer and as they get things right, get things back in order, and get back to Jerusalem and they rebuild and establish 
Jerusalem once more. All right, now if you will, bump on over to Nehemiah chapter 9, and we see here while they're there at Israel and Jerusalem and trying to get things established, in verse 6 we see, Thou, even thou art Lord alone, thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth, and all things that are therein, the seas, and all that is therein. And thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worshipeth thee. Proclaiming here, the Lord as creator, and as preserver, as I was talking earlier. The Lord is the one who preserves things, not mankind. He's given us charge to take care of things, yes. If we mess it up bad enough, He's going to take care of it Himself. He'll take us out of here if that's what it takes to keep things going as long as He wants it to go. Because it's under His power, His authority. He'll only let us go so far before He does stop us. Because thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven the heaven of heavens with all their host. That means all the stars, entire universe. The earth and all things that are therein. Everything in existence. The seas and all that is therein. And thou preservest them all. And the host of heaven worshipeth thee. Thou art the Lord, the God, who didst choose Abram and broughtest him forth out of Ur of the Chaldees and gavest him a the new and gavest him the name Abraham, acknowledging God Almighty, Creator Jesus Christ, spoke everything into existence and controls everything into existence, keeps it in existence under His power, His authority, His might. He only allows mankind to do so much before He stops them. So that's where we need to put our fear. Fear and accountability. He's given us dominion and He's given us stewardship. We best act like it properly. Take care of the things the Lord has given us. Don't mess up the animals. Don't mess up the planet. Don't mess up ourselves. Because Everything belongs to Him, including us. All right, now jump all the way over to Psalms and look at Psalm 11 as it reads, In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, Flee as a bird to your mountain. For lo, the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and an horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous 
Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doeth behold the upright. Speaking here of the Lord's throne in heaven. Now we've started this series. We're speaking of the three heavens, as we understand. The first one being our atmosphere, the skies around this planet and so forth. The second being the whole cosmos where the stars and all the other planets are. And the third heaven being the dwelling place of the Lord, where His throne is. The Lord's throne is in heaven. All right, now turn over to Psalm 19. And here he emphasizes that all of the heavens declare the glory of God. In Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. Speaking of what you see out there, you're going out. Look at the stars, look at the sky, look at the clouds. All of it proclaims the existence. All of it proclaims his glory. It declares his glory, as it says. Out of all the various types of sciences that mankind studies, the different titles, the the ones that study the stars, the astronomers, not astrologers, don't get that wrong, but the astronomers, the ones who study the actual planets and so forth. There are more born-again Christians in that field than any other major fields of study. Because through the process of studying the cosmos, you draw close to the Lord because it proclaims His glory. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Because there's just no other explanation for the beauty and the splendor of creation all around us than that there is a Creator. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, Converting the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Study the Word of God. will make you wise, and you can grow closer to Him. And when you go out and you look into this big, beautiful world, the entire cosmos, it proclaims the glory of God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for being the Creator, for being the one that's truly in control of everything, for having your throne in heaven and looking down and judging all of mankind, holding all of us accountable. And in that accountability, those that are righteous are blessed. And we thank you oh so much for the many, many blessings you pour upon us. Help all of us realize when we do get a little bit of chastisement that it's because you love and care for us and get us back on the straight and narrow so we can bring honor and glory to you in everything that we do. 
We truly thank you for it all as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.